This is a messianic study of the book of Romans. It's given in a midrashic setting, which is audience participation. It was given during the months of June through August 2008. The discussion leader is John Behrens. He's pastor of Restoration Messianic Fellowship. You can reach our website at www.crimsonthread.com. There you can find this study in its entirety as well as other resources for your messianic study of the scriptures. This discussion has been edited and a number of the comments have been either truncated or removed for clarity and continuity. Chapter 3. Then what advantage has the Jew? Or what is the value of circumcision? Much in every way. To begin with, the Jews were entrusted with the oracles of God. What if some were, unfaith were unfaithful? Does their faithlessness nullify the faithfulness of God? By no means. Let God be true, though everyone were a liar, as it is written, that you may be justified in your words and prevail when you are judged. That's from Psalm 51, thank you. One of the reasons that I backed off on my, a, a Jew who doesn't follow Torah is, is gentle, that is, that's not true. I, I said that too strongly. A Jew who does not follow Torah is a bad example. But he does not cease being a Jew because God said up front in his covenant, if you obey me, you will prosper and I will bless you. And you will be in the land and you will... Uh, wonderful things will happen. And that's what we both want to have happen. If, however, you do not obey me, you're still going to be an example. But you're going to be a bad example. And what's going to happen is I'm going to throw you out of the land and you're going to be chased from pillar to post, in this last case, for 2,000 years. You are not going to cease to be a people. Okay? You do not get to get unchosen. You are still my people but you are not going to be happy about it. Okay? And of course, that's the situation we have now. So as I say, I, I, I spoke too strongly when I said that they regarded as Gentiles. Verse 5. But if your unrighteousness serves to show the righteousness of God, what shall we say? That God is unrighteous to inflict wrath on us? I speak in a human way. By no means. For how then could God judge the world? Now, the argument here is, Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. I'm in exile. And because I'm in exile and because I'm a Jew, I am serving as a witness to the power of God. Don't I get some credit for that? Okay, that's what he's saying. In other words, that's the straw man argument he's putting up here, if you will. Is since I'm in exile and since being in exile is the will of God and since being in exile, my exile is glorifying God, I should get some chops for that. And Paul says, no, <laughs> um, by no means, verse 6, by no means, for then how could God judge the world? But if through my lie God's truth abounds to his glory, why am I still being condemned as a sinner? In other words, again, since my sin is redounding to the glory of God, why am I being punished? Why, and why not do evil that good may come? as some people slanderously charge us with saying, their condemnation is just. So what he's saying is, one of the things that's been spoken of me is that I am teaching against Torah. 
Okay? That's one of the things that he is addressing in the letter to Galatians. Okay? That's one of the things that he addresses to the Council of Jerusalem when he comes back uh, into Jerusalem before his final captivity. And he goes back to the council and he talks to the head of the synagogue and, and James says, one of the things that's been taught out there is that you are teaching that people not circumcised and they're teaching against the law. In order to show them that that is false, what you need to do is, we got some Nazarites that are getting ready to finish their vow, you need to go with them and sacrifice. And Paul does it. Okay? So what Paul is saying at every opportunity is this word that is floating around out there that I am somehow rolling some new religion is not true. Okay? That's Paul's testimony. And it's his testimony in Acts. It's his testimony in uh, every circumstances that I know of is he always says that I have always been faithful to teach Torah and to live by Torah. Okay? Verse 3. This is where it gets interesting. Or verse 9, I'm sorry. What then? Are we Jews any better off? No, not at all. For we have already charged that all, both Jews and Greeks, are under sin, as it has, is written. All right, now, uh, got to understand what's being said here. He has just finished saying that being a Jew is a tremendous advantage. And now he is saying, what then? Are Jews any better off? Not at all. Okay, you got to reconcile those two statements. Okay? Because in one, he says, really good deal to be a Jew and of the circumcision. No advantage. You've got to understand the context. What he's saying in the first instance is being a Jew is a tremendous advantage because we have been given the law and because we have the covenant of God, which means we know the rules. When, however, you break the rules, being a Jew is of no advantage. Okay? In other words, when you get to the point that you are a rule breaker, a law breaker, standing before God, the fact that you are a Jew under those circumstances is of no advantage. So God does not look on a Jewish sinner and say, oh, well, you are one of my chosen people, so we'll overlook this this time. Okay? Everybody understand the context. It, 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 otherwise, it looks like he's saying two contradictory things in two sentences, and he's not. That's right. That's right. In other words, God will judge according to God's laws everybody. And when you come up before God, if you are in fact lawless and you are counting on being of the seed of Abraham, circumcised on the eighth day, as being some sort of defense or help, forget it, Charlie. It ain't going to happen. Forget it, Mort. It ain't going to happen. Okay? That's what he's talking about. All right, now we're going to go into parts of a number of psalms. And I will gently suggest that this has been taught incorrectly, mostly. None is righteous, no, not one. No one understands, no one seeks God. People will say that to mean that nobody in the world is righteous. Okay? Paul is quoting from psalms, and in this case, I think it's Psalm 5 or 15. I don't remember which. 14. 14, 1 through 1. So let's go to Psalm 14. 
The fool says in his heart, there is no God. They are corrupt. They do abominable deeds. There is none who does good. The Lord looks down from heaven on the children of men to see if there are any who understand, who seek God. They have all turned aside. Together they have become corrupt. There is no one who does good, not even one. Is David here talking of all humanity? I will gently suggest the answer is no. Go up to the first. The fool says in his heart. Okay? And every one of these psalms is in the same vein. He is talking in, for example, the, the next one, um, which is Psalm 5. And it's down in verse, um, verse 9. For there is no truth in their mouth, their innermore self is destruction, their throat is an open grave, they flatter with their tongue. Make them bear their guilt, O God, let them fall by their own counsels. David is talking about his enemies. He is not talking about all of humanity here. Okay? And it's important you understand that because your understanding here will, will make a difference. Um, and the next one, venom of asps in their lips is from Psalm 140. Uh, their feet are swift to shed blood is from... Uh, Isaiah, Proverbs. Um, so what is being talked of in the original documents, okay, the documents that Paul is quoting, what's being talked of here are enemies of David, fools, the wicked, the sinful. Okay? So all in these cases is all of these wicked people who have arrayed themselves against me, all of them. And Paul is simply grabbing a chunk of this, and I am assuming that he is grabbing a chunk of this because he is writing to a synagogue and he assumes that they have a copy of the scriptures and that they will know what the context is. Am I saying that so it made sense? Yeah. In other words, what he is not doing here is making a blanket condemnation of all humanity. What he's talking about are the wicked. And you get somebody, uh, God bless them, who reads these things and takes them literally. It says right here, there are, no, you know, and therefore all of humanity is this way. And I'm suggesting to you that's not what is being said here. He's talking about the wicked. The Torah over and over and over again makes a differentiation between the wicked and the righteous. David makes a different differentiation between the wicked and the righteous in his psalms over and over and over again. Okay? And David at various times asks God to judge him in his righteousness. In other words, I am coming before you, God, and I have this thing against my enemy. They have pursued me without cause. They are trying to kill me for no reason, on and on. Judge between me and them, and judge me in my righteousness. David says that. Now, you and I both know that in some circumstances, David was a first-class sinner. He was a murderer. Okay? So, David is not asserting that he is forever without sin. He is simply saying that he wants to be judged in context in his righteousness. Okay?
Am I saying that so it makes sense? And we're going to come to justification in a minute, and, and, and it'll all come together, I hope, if we get through it. Um, so I'm down now to verse 19. Uh, now we know that whatever the law says, it speaks to those who are under the law, so that every mouth may be stopped and the whole world may be held accountable to God. For by works of the law, no human being will be justified in his sights, since through the law comes knowledge of sin. Ding, 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 ding. Works of the law. Okay? Does not mean what most of the Christian church thinks it means. The Hebrew word is ma'aseh, or ma'asim. Okay? And a work of the, and it's a rabbinic term. Okay? And would have been familiar to Paul, and would have been familiar to everybody reading, well, everybody, all of the Jews reading this letter in the synagogue. Works of the law, ma'asim, are rabbinic rulings as to what is permissible under the law. They are not necessarily based in Scripture. The fa- several famous examples, one of which I can cite off the top of my head. Is it lawful to use a gangplank on a ship put up by a Gentile to disembark on a Sabbath? Okay, so you get, get the picture. You're, you're, you're in a ship, ship pulls up to port, it's the Sabbath. A Gentile takes and flops down a gangplank. Is it permitted to walk down the gangplank? Well, it was observed that Gamaliel himself did that under certain circumstance, under one circumstance. And since Gamaliel is righteous, therefore it must be okay. Okay? So what they do is they go back to a rabbi who has faced this same story or has told a, uh, told a tale about this same situation and say, based on what this rabbi did and his interpretation, it must be okay. And that is called a ma'aseh, a work of the law, or ma'asim, plural, works of the law. Okay? This does not mean following Torah. You understand? And again, this is, this, is, this is a rabbinic term. And so Paul is saying is, you will not be justified by walking according to oral Torah. 